show is brought to you by Gilbert H. Wild and Son, Sun Patience, Arkansas Parks and Tourism, Ralston Family Farms, First Community Bank, and Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art. From Moss Mountain Farm in Arkansas, this is the P. Allen Smith Garden Home Podcast that teaches how to grow, cook, decorate, entertain, and sustain in a manner that embraces our collective past and hope for the future. For more information, log on to pallensmith.com. And for a video replay of this podcast, subscribe to P. Allen Smith's YouTube channel and sign up for notifications. Now here's P. Allen Smith. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. We're going to talk about tomatoes. Now I know for some of our uh, listeners and viewers out there, you're probably saying, hey, I've already got my tomatoes planted. But if you're like me, it never hurts to do a little tomato 101, catch up, um, and there's still plenty of time to plant tomatoes. Um, if you're like me, you kind of plant them strategically along the season. Uh, so you have tomatoes right up until the first cold snap. So we're well into tomato season. And I know all of you out there have planted what I call the $75 tomato. You know, you can spend a lot of love and care and time and energy, blah, 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 around trying to grow a tomato and you can put a lot of cost around it. And there you have it, this beautiful single tomato that the squirrels didn't get, and it costs you about 75 bucks. So why don't we look at some ways that maybe can help you with that and so you can get greater yield and also maybe more variety. Tomatoes are really kind of interesting and add a lot of spice to the garden. They're probably the number one a vegetable, actually a fruit, um, but they're the number one produce that we can grow in our gardens in terms of popularity. Um, they're just off the charts and interest in tomatoes. And if you don't believe me, just go to any uh, seed catalog and look at all the varieties of tomatoes, which will blow your mind. Um, I've tried to grow hundreds and hundreds of them over the over the years and we have and so what i want to do is dispense a little bit of that knowledge that i've learned uh, with a lot of trial and error um, a lot of a lot of mistakes and um, hopefully it'll help you out with your garden so let's just talk about some of the varieties of tomatoes that are out there uh, we're well underway at moss mountain farm with our tomato crop um, we plant early and we start from seed because i like to grow a lot of weird varieties um, if you're into heirlooms, you're going to have, uh, you're going to struggle some uh, going to nurseries uh, or the big box stores and finding some of the otter varieties. So um, plan to grow some of them from seed. I've got some seed packs here. Some of them are, are half full, some are empty uh, because I'm going to sow another round. What's important to remember with tomatoes is that from the time you plant the seed until you actually get fruit, is that you're looking at about 75 days if you're growing a, a more modern type tomato. If you're going for the, the heirlooms, you're probably looking at 85 to 90 days. So just kind of think about your calendar that way. So there's still plenty of time in the growing season to get out there and get some tomatoes started. Um, I like to start the tomatoes in small containers, just little peat pots like this. Um, this is a little red currant tomato, tiny, tiny little seed. And I'll just give you an example. This is one that um, I've been looking to grow for uh, for this year. We hadn't actually gotten them started, but there's the seed. You can see how tiny they are. And so what I'll do is just drop a few seed on top of the potting soil here. That's just like two seed. Um, and 
then I'll just gently pull a little bit of that soil over the top like that. Just cover them. And then I'll just spray this with a mist of water. But I want to make sure that the this um, biodegradable container and all of that soil is completely moist. That'll be very important for these little guys to germinate. They're going to germinate within seven days. And uh, you just need to watch them, make sure they get plenty of of, uh, of, of sun and uh, about half day sun actually for the youngsters. And then I like to just take my hand and just, just brush over the top of them. That makes them a little stronger and more resilient. And uh, I think they just like being loved. Uh, what kind of tomatoes are you growing? I'm just curious. This is a little red currant. I grew them several years ago and missed them. They're delicious uh, to sprinkle over the tops of salads or even garnish pasta or even pour on top of your favorite lasagna and all those wonderful Italian dishes. But that's just a little 101 on on planting the seed. The key is to keep these little little um, biodegradable pots moist. Um, so often they dry out very quickly because of the wicking effect. Just the atmosphere will cause these to dry out very quickly. I like them because I can tear this apart and plant this directly in the ground. Um, I've got a single little plant about this tall. I can plant it in the ground directly. And if you follow my shows in the past, you also know that for little seedling tomatoes, um, I will often take a little piece of aluminum foil and I'll wrap right around the base of that plant. And the reason for this is that we have a problem with tomato cutworm. And those guys will come across in the middle of the night, slip into your garden, and whack off your tomato right at the base. And that is very heartbreaking after you spent all your time. So that really, that's, that's one of the things that contributes to that $75 tomato, tomato cutworm. So use a little aluminum foil around the base. And once that stalk gets large enough, the cutworm just crawls on by and doesn't, doesn't bother them anymore. Um, so why don't we talk just a moment about um, some of the varieties. I'd love to know a little more about what you're growing in your part of the world and some of your favorites. So please, please let me know and post them here on our, on our page and let us, let us know. But I've, I've laid out some tomatoes here from the garden just to give you an idea of the categories. Okay, so there's so many, as I mentioned, you go to these seed catalogs, it's like, whoa, way too many choices. I, I won't do tomatoes this year because I can't make up my mind. Well, don't let that get in the way. You really need to enjoy growing some of these. So if we start um, here, these are the cherry types. Uh, we've got some really uh, wonderful ones. The bright red ones are great for kids. This one's called one called Rudolph um, um, for the red-nosed reindeer, which is kind of fun to grow. And this one is called brown cherry. It's really not brown. It's got a lot of green to it. Very, very flavorful. And this is orange sunburst. Another great cherry type. So uh, we talked about the smallest ones, the currant tomatoes. Those are, they call them that because of the size of the little currants. And then the next size up are these cherry types. And these are just a few that, that I enjoy growing. Uh, these are some of these are heirloom types. Um, one that I love to grow every year, which isn't really an heirloom type, which is called Sweet 100s. They really ought to be called Sweet 1000s uh, because they are incredibly productive. You talk about an ab 
abundance of tomatoes, these tomatoes are extremely generous. I'd have to say, if you have to choose a cherry type and you want a lot of them, um, go for the Sweet 100s because they're really good. Um, this is a, um, a wonderful little San Marzano uh, tomato. Um, it, we're moving into the plum types uh, that are more of a, a fleshy type of tomato. Um, this one is a great paste tomato. So if you're into doing sauces and things like that, uh, I love these on the grill even. Uh, they're, they're delicious. These are great for drying. If you want to dry tomatoes, um, the, this is the, the plum type or a meat type tomato. And then of course, here's the classic Roma. Uh, so San Marzano, and this is Roma, all very much uh, Italian names. We know that uh, the Italians love tomatoes and use them a lot in their cooking. What's interesting about the tomato, a little history, is that the tomato is considered a new world fruit uh, brought back to uh, Europe um, in the late 1400s, uh, early 1500s, and uh, it was considered an aphrodisiac at the time. Um, and in some countries, such as England, for hundreds of years, they wouldn't eat them because they were considered to be poisonous. Um, but we've, we've gotten over that happily. Um, move, moving along here, I want to just talk about some of the slicers. So we've talked about current tomatoes. We've talked about cherry types. Even the cherry types can even look like little pear tomatoes. Uh, we've talked about some of the, the meaty types. And then you come to the slicers and... This is a wonderful yellow brandy wine. We've all heard of the brandy wine tomato. It's a wonderful one. Um, this is a, it's yellow form. Um, I recommend it. It's it's very good for slicing. And this is very definitely uh, an heirloom type. This is Castelluto Genovese. It's very ribbed, uh, sort of flat, very um, ribbed as you can see. This was a popular one in the 19th century. Um, it's uh, one that Thomas Jefferson grew at Monticello, um, and it has great flavor. It doesn't produce as many tomatoes as you're going to find with some of the modern hybrids, uh, like Big Boy and, um, and uh, Better Boy and some Better Girl and some of those varieties, but it's very flavorful, and I recommend men growing it. Uh, one of the things that's really interesting about these heirloom tomatoes is they come with stories, and for me, uh, that's really cool. Uh, one of my favorites is um, the mortgage lifter tomato. You've heard me talk about this on the show before, uh, but you'll look in the old catalogs or catalogs that focus on heirloom varieties and you'll see uh, mortgage lifter or Charlie's radiator shop mortgage lifter or Charlie's mortgage lifter. And so there was this guy in, in Pennsylvania at the early 20th century, and he had a radiator shop. And the story goes is that to the side of the radiator shop, he grew this variety of tomato um, that he had just stumbled upon probably through cross-pollination, and uh, everybody loved it. And so they would come by, and they would buy tomatoes during the summer. He would even sell plants in the spring. And they just be became known as Radiator Charlie's Mortgage Lifter. 
And um, the story goes is that he used the sales, the proceeds of selling these tomatoes to pay off his mortgage on his radiator shop, which I think is really pretty cool. Um, so when you're planting some of these tomatoes, one of the things to keep in mind, particularly if you're limited on space, is that uh, tomatoes can be divided into uh, other categories as well. We've kind of been through the, the fruit type categories, what, what the shapes are and the sizes and some of their qualities. But also we need to talk about the, the vine itself. The tomatoes regarded as a vine, which gives you a little bit of a clue. Uh, the vining types, ones that grow and just continue to grow and at the ends of the vines where they're producing the tomatoes all along, those are called indeterminate type tomatoes, all right? So you're going to have some of these that are that are indeterminate types. Um, for instance, this is one that's called a, a husky cherry red. It's a dwarf type, but it's indeterminate. So it's just going to keep producing uh, more topical growth with that topical growth you're going to get more flower buds and things like that. Um, and this is a, a, a wonderful one. Um, cherry Husky Red is very, very good. Um, but you need to be able to either let them grow on the ground, which I don't recommend unless you're putting straw under them because you're going to have a lot of tomatoes rot, um, or grow them up on a trellis, you know, get creative. Um, then you have the, the determinate types. And these are the ones that will grow to a certain height uh, and that, you know, depending what it is, three to four foot range, um, and they stop and they don't grow any, any further. Um, and you can cage them. You can kind of determine the, the size cages and the way you're going to stake those. Um, this is a patio type, uh, which is very definitely a determinate type of tomato. It's only going to grow so tall. And this is the ideal, uh, considered the ideal container tomato. A lot of people go, hey, I don't have a lot of room. I can't grow tomatoes. You can't. You can grow them in containers and they actually do quite well in, in, in containers. And there's another number of reasons uh, for that. And we'll get into that in just a moment. So how many of you grow to tomatoes in containers? I'd, I'd love to know that because they're becoming much more popular. And particularly if you go with some of these uh, patio types, the foliage is, I think, really strong and robust and actually very good looking. And if you add some of these companion herbs to kind of underplant them, like thyme, uh, oregano, even some of the dwarf basil, make wonderful kind of ground covers around tomatoes in, in containers. So kind of, kind of keep that in mind. So when we start thinking about herbs, I start thinking about food and recipes. Um, I'm sure that you all have favorite tomato recipes. If you do, I'd love if you'd share them with us. Um, you can go on to my website or go on YouTube and see many of the recipes that I have. I have a great easy summer gazpacho, which is fantastic. Uh, several sauces, uh, just a, one is uh, the tomate sauce, which is one of the mother sauces. Um, so check out that YouTube video. It's very good. If you're just interested in the five mother sauces, one of them is very tomato uh, rich and based. Um, but there's so many different ways to use tomatoes and I'd, I'd love to know more about how you use them in, in your kitchen. All right, so let's get back to some of these um, uh, other tips on, on tomatoes. I've got a question here um, from Lisa. And Lisa says, my husband built me a raised bed garden six years ago. It was a surprise for Mother's Day. 
Um, each year I've planted tomatoes, but last year I started to see them decline and the plants died. Any suggestions? Well, this is a very good point, Lisa. Um, the, the tomatoes really need to be rotated around the garden. So if you're, um, you didn't go into a lot of detail, but I'm assuming you've got one large raised bed. Um, you really want to rotate the tomatoes around or any member of the tomato family, which is a family called Solanaceae. Uh, so that includes the, the peppers, um, of course, tomatoes and eggplant um, and, and, to some, and, and, and potatoes. But we're really talking about uh, not, not root vegetables here. So if you take uh, your eggplants and peppers and tomatoes and you could rotate those around, uh, from year to year where they're not in the same place, maybe every couple of years or three. But if you've been planting tomatoes in the same place for the last six years, probably what's happening is some soil-borne pathogens are building up in the soil over time and they're beleaguering your tomato plants. And this is a common problem. Um, at Moss Mountain Farm, we try to move. Uh, we've got a large uh, vegetable garden, so we have a lot of raised beds. And so we're able to move those around so we we can stay, as I like to say, say a step ahead of the those evil little devils that, that cause the tomatoes to wilt or, or not perform at all. So you wanna you wanna try to stay ahead of those blights and so forth. So maybe you might talk your husband into building you a couple more raised beds and you could rotate them around. But that's a very good question and thank you for asking. And I'd like for to hear, hear your, your questions. So uh, we do these regularly and so I try to answer as many questions as possible. So, so keep them coming and we'll try to answer them as, as quickly as possible. That was Lisa from Lexington. Thank you, Lisa. I'd like to get into just a, a few kind of home remedies that you can do to help keep your tomatoes going. One of the things I like to do is take a half a gallon jug for watering tomatoes. Uh, young plants like this, getting them started is really important. Um, if you don't have drip irrigation, um, I don't recommend overspraying tomatoes. Um, one of the things that, that I would do in a biodegradable pot like this is tear off the edge of the, of the top part uh, when you plant. And then when you plant it, I pinch off everything uh, around the base of the tomato in terms of leaves like this. It looks pretty ruthless. And what I want to do is I want to plant that tomato where at least 80% of it is under, under, under the ground, under the soil. And then it's also important to tear into that um, biodegradable pot so those roots will begin to grow. Um, so that's just uh, something that I've learned that really helps. If you will plant a half gallon uh, milk jug, imagine the soil coming up to here, but burying a half gallon milk jug near the base of the plant, uh, where the top of the milk jug is sort of at a 45 degree angle um, and coming out at the soil level, um, you can fill that with water and just pierce a few little holes in the in the in the sides and the bottom of the milk jug and the water will drip out very slowly and that's a, a very inexpensive way to to put a slow drip if you will on on your tomatoes and it's also an easy way to give them a liquid fertilizer um, i've seen that my tomatoes respond very well to fish emulsion 
Um, it's a it's a great um, root fertilizer, but it also can be a very good foliar spray for the tomatoes. So so just think about that. So those are just a couple of little planting tips that that will help. Um, you may find along the season uh, a few things occurring with your tomatoes. Um, if you're, they're getting too much water, you, you may see the, them cracking and splitting. So, so be careful, put them kind of on a water diet, if you will. The other thing you may have experienced with tomatoes is uh, the fact that the bottom of the tomato will, will get black and flat. That's called blossom end rot. This can happen if your tomatoes are not getting enough water. Um, and um, again, you don't want to overwater them because they'll split. Um, and it's also can be caused by calcium deficiency. And the way you can overcome that is to just use some hydrated lime, sweeten the soil a little bit, and that should, should help with the blossom end rot. Um, as far as insects on the, on the, on the plants, uh, the tomato hornworm, you'll often find these big green worms munching on the foliage of the plants. Uh, the best way to handle that organically is to use BT. Uh, BT stands for Bacillus thuringiensis. I know it's a very long word, but you can buy powdered um, BT and you can mix it with water and just spray it on your plants. Um, if the caterpillar uh, ingest some of the BT, it will die immediately. It's, it's absolutely harmless to humans. The thing that I would be careful of is, is um, really use that in an isolated way in your garden. Um, you've heard me talk about our vegetable garden and it's very much there for pollinators. Um, so I wouldn't do a wholesale spraying of BT to kill every caterpillar because we have a lot of butterfly caterpillars that are feeding on things like uh, Italian parsley and uh, carrot foliage and that kind of thing. So uh, just, just remember that uh, it will kill any kind of caterpillar. The, the other thing that I, I will, will suggest on tomatoes is uh, to kill aphids. One of the things to do is to, you can release a platoon of, of ladybugs. That's a great way to use a beneficial insect to, to kill aphids or just spray them and knock them off with a, with a hose. Um, and the other thing is to use um, a dormant oil, uh, a, summer, a summer horticultural oil, which will just suffocate them. So give, give those a try with some of the common pest problems that you might have with, 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 with tomatoes. All right, we've got a question here from Ron in Texas. Ron is uh, saying, I find that if I don't get my tomatoes planted early, uh, by summer, uh, the plants are toast. <laughs> All right. Well, fair enough, Ron. Um, I think that, uh, you know, Texas, it can get pretty warm there. Just a few things to know about the tomato. One, they actually like cooler temperatures, uh, particularly nighttime temperatures. Uh, if tomatoes um, are growing when the temperatures are in the upper 90s, they the, the blooms will just fall off they won't set any fruit and, and so um what i do is i try to get my tomatoes it gets very warm in our zone 8a garden uh, in central arkansas moss mountain farm and so what i like to do is get get them planted as soon as possible in the spring and enjoy that spring crop and earlier uh in today's show i talked about 
the length of time it takes for them to set fruit and actually uh, begin bearing. And that's about 75 days. So you have a long growing season in Texas. And um, what I found with my friends who are uh, vegetable growers in Texas is that they love an autumn crop of tomatoes when it really begins to cool off. So don't don't think of the tomato season as just one one season that this idea of taking and, and picking up some you know seed like this is black creme which is a very delicious tomato um, start some seedlings uh, maybe now and uh, have those ready for the fall so uh, yeah that that's what what happens is that it's just gotten too hot for them in the past but this year think about trying to uh, maybe have two crops and a succession of of plants coming along and take advantage of those cooler temperatures in October and well into November. And you know, what we do is go out and gather up all the green ones before the last frost, because I, I love those green tomatoes. And as you know, they'll ripen in a window. As long as you keep the temperatures uh, in the forties, you can lay them out and they'll ripen that way. And then there's a lot of great salsas that you can make from the green tomatoes. So it's just a, a wonderful plant. So think about it that way. Very good question. So why don't we plant one of these tomatoes? I had this little uh, husky cherry red that I've already started and I've pinched it back. And um, one of the things that I suggest that you do is you go for a larger container. Um, I find that the tomatoes uh, do better if you've got a, a higher volume of soil. So a tiny little container is going to be a real struggle for the plant. You're probably not going to produce too many, too many tomatoes. Now, remember what I said, this idea of planting it, um, 80% of it. I might even pinch off this, uh, limb. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to bury this thing. Now I'm going to go to the side and I'm going to dig down and I'm going to plant this tomato where just the top of it is sticking out. Now what you're gonna find is all along the stem, there are these aerial roots. And as soon as they become uh, in contact with moist soil, that activates their growth and they grow out. And that makes a really strong plant. So that's what you're looking for. This particular variety is a dwarf indeterminate. So it's gonna grow indeterminately in, term of, in terms of its height, but it is a dwarf variety. So it's probably going to be fine in this container. I may need to put some kind of uh, staking system at some point to hold it up, which is no big deal. But I want to plant a few companion plants with it. Um, here's some sweet basil, uh, a classic. Again, I want to tear the, uh, the top of that um, biodegradable pot off. This has three plants in it. You could let those three grow together and it'll make a nice big presentation or since sweet basil grows so so quickly and vigorously you could separate these what i suggest is pinching the tops out of them through the growing season um, i try to keep them from blooming and uh, it's a leaf you're looking for um, and i just plant that in there like that and then probably to finish it off i'd go with one of these wonderful times again same procedure uh, you want to make sure that the edge of the biodegradable pot is not sticking up above the soil because of the wicking effect. It'll pull the moisture away. So I'm going to just tuck that in to spill over the edge. And so we're kind of following my old 
saying with regard to good container design, you're going to have your thriller and your filler with the basil, and then with the thyme, you're going to have the spiller coming off. And this will make a very beautiful container, but also one that's very delicious that you'll enjoy through the entire growing season. I hope you've enjoyed today's 101 on tomatoes. Um, it's a fabulous, fabulous fruit um, that everybody should grow. Uh, what you'll always need is at least half day sun. Uh, the more sun, the better, except in those parts of the country where it gets really hot in the afternoon. A little protection from hot afternoon sun, that western sun, will cause them to produce better through the growing season. Remember, you can always ask questions. We love hearing from you. Thank you for following our YouTube channel and for chiming in on all of our social media platforms. And check out our website, and I hope you'll subscribe to my newsletter. All right, happy gardening. Today's show is brought to you by Gilbert H. Wild & Son, Sun Patience, Arkansas Parks and Tourism, Ralston Family Farms, First Community Bank, and Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art. For more information, log on to pallensmith.com. And for a video replay of this podcast, subscribe to P. Allen Smith's YouTube channel and sign up for notifications.